0: Is impossible, but certain things are highly improbable. Don't think I'll meet your kind again. again. Not in this life. Yeah. So
1: Hello, everybody. Come on in, grab a seat make yourself at home as you should when you're in Bradley's house. I am lucky enough to be the Robin to her Batman. (laughs) Maybe I'm like, maybe I'm more like the Robin to your Howard. Right. Like, although I don't know, I always kind of say that you're more like Larry King with your (laughs) Kelly. What I'm trying to say is you are my favorite elderly male Jewish journalist. Thank Kelly Knowles, and this is
2: Bradley's. Although house. I'm I'm none of those things. I really I feel like you need to tell me ahead of time what you're gonna say in your intro because I lose it every time. I'm so sorry, but thank you for that, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think so too. Well, I mean, hey, Howard Stern and Larry King, not too shabby of resonance no. there.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Just not oh. sure how I feel about being never mind. All right, thank you. <laughs> <Cheer>. <laughs>
1: Now, Kelly, again, we wouldn't be able to continue to do this and put the show out for free, and obviously the whole point of this is to raise funds to get Bradley's house open, and we touched on them briefly in the last episode, but... A huge uh, shout out to our friends at Compass Detox. Um, Compass Detox has been a, a great supporter here at Bradley's House. We are going to have their CEO come on and talk to us a little bit about what they do. Um, basically, they're just an industry leading addiction treatment brand. Um, they have care teams that include doctors, nurses, counselors, techs, um, all sorts of professionals to help people out. Uh, it's person centered treatment at the core of what they do. Um, They realize that no two experiences are the same, and they really help to get your treatment set up specifically for you. Uh, We really thank them for for sponsoring the show. And how can our listeners, if they're looking to, uh, to make that jump, how can they get in contact with Compass?
2: Well, I will tell you. But first, I would like to say that I love the fact that we have a wonderful quality organization like Compass Detox that we can refer people to, because obviously, we don't have Bradley's House open yet and there are so many people outside of the music industry that listen to our podcast that that follow the Noel family foundation on social media and and are often looking for help and so I'm really grateful that we have someone like compass detox to be able to refer people to they're in South Florida they do a phenomenal job and you can learn more about them on their website which is compassdetox.com. you can also find them on Facebook and Instagram as Compass Detox FL for Florida, Compass Detox FL on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also call them at 1-800-26-DETOX, which is 263-3869. And that number 24-7, they'll connect you with an addiction treatment specialist who can answer any questions or concerns, and there's no pressure to commit. So don't feel like you have to be ready to hop on a plane to give them a call. If you just want to know more, if you're looking for some help for yourself or a loved one, please reach out to them. They're a great organization and they're there to help
1: absolutely and we thank them so much uh, for their continued support of the podcast and the foundation and uh, I look forward to, to having their CEO on and, and having a bit of a chat with them so mm-hmm. a huge cool. thank you to yeah huge thank you to compass detox guys and uh, go ahead and give them a, a follow on social media I know they're always posting uh, helpful things and, and different information so like Kelly said if you yourself or if you just know somebody uh, if you hear them being spoken about on this podcast you know that it's a, a company that we we can stand behind and, 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 uh, and let you guys know that it's somebody that's there to help. All right. We're already having a lot of fun here in Bradley's house, guys. Um, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Kelly. Once again, you, ha- you know, I'm sitting here doing this with you and I think to myself, we have like some of the coolest jobs in the world doing this, but the gentleman that you've invited to Bradley's house today maybe does have the coolest job in the world.
2: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm super excited.
1: Who are we hanging out with today?
2: Our guest today is the co-owner and producer of California Roots Music and Arts Festival, which as you know, is the largest reggae festival in the United States. So, you know, no biggie. He's the promoter and operational partner for music venues and outdoor festivals throughout North America. He's been in the music industry since 1999 as a radio DJ, owner of a production company, booker, promoter, tour producer, and owner of an iconic music venue. He's got a beautiful wife and daughter and he cooks. We are stoked to have Dan Sheehan with us today. Welcome, Dan.
3: Well, thank you for such an intro. It's so good to be here. That was a great That's, intro. I love it. I should come on the show more. Right. <laughs> Larry King-esque, I might I say. I know. I, I, I definitely must compliment you on that, Jared. That was Larry King, Howard <laughs> Stern, those are great. I mean, that, that's great company to be in. So Kelly, you should be stoked. <laughs> I am, but
2: I I really enjoyed the Batman reference. <laughs> Thanks for
3: that. Mostly
2: because I love Cars and he's got the Batmobile. He but does. Whatever. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us today, Dan. We're super excited to have you here. You really are a legend in this industry. Which you know, being so young is probably an awkward thing to say, but and obviously you've got a lot ahead of you, but you've really accomplished a lot in a short period of time. How did you do all of this?
3: Um, I mean, it's, uh, you know, so I, you know, first I I grew up in Hawaii, so I grew up listening to reggae music and, you know, it was, you know, kind of the driving force of me getting into the music industry. Um, And I actually, my first gig was actually getting... Uh, the band Natural Vibrations, who's a band from Hawaii, um, into Reggae on in the River. Um, I think it was, gosh, 97, I think it was. And, uh, I knew the producer up there because I went to Reggae on the River the year before and fell in love with it. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I need to be doing. Of course, you know, I was you know, having a lot of fun out there. And, uh, um, and so I got this, I kept on hounding Carol Bruno, uh, the late Carol Bruno from, uh, People's Production up in Humboldt. About this band in Hawaii. It's like, Hey, you know, you got to check these guys out. These guys are great. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, she's like, All right. I got, I have a 11 o'clock slot on Sunday for them. You know, will they take, you know, will they take it? I was like, Yeah, they will. I called her. <laughs> he said, Hey, you guys want, you guys want this gig? And he said, Yeah, let's do it. And, you know, and, and the the rest is history. They, uh, they got in, you know, we got them to ring on the river and I, um, I was living with a bunch of roommates in Sunnyvale, California, which is in the Bay area and, uh, we had a garage that was converted to a room. And so they came in and they stayed, they stayed with us for like six weeks. They booked, I probably booked 20 shows for them, not even knowing what I was doing. I was, you know, I went to Kinko's and made these four up flyers that I think had a, you know, grammatical or spelling error in them. And uh,
2: <laughs> those are classics and, now.
3: Yeah, no, exactly. And, and uh, you know, we did that and we did shows in San Jose all the way to Seattle. And we did, you know, we did the reef in Boise, Idaho and, I was just finding these, you know, the, you know, the, you know, back then it's like the internet wasn't, uh, you know, as easy to do research as it is now. And there was, you know, there wasn't, you know, I mean, Polestar was around, but I didn't have access to any of those things. And so I was just, you know, trying to find these venues and, uh, put a little tour together. And these guys slept in my, they slept in my house and, uh, and, uh, I fell in love with the industry and, and I went to Guam for two years, um, right after that, uh, to be, uh, to be a DJ there and kind of be the, there was a new station called I-94, which was all island and reggae music, and, you know, I got the job there as the music director and the nighttime DJ host, Irie Dan, the Red Eye Bandit, and, uh, Nice. Um, yeah, and so I did that for a year and a half, and, you know, I played, you know, I played everywhere from, you know, Fiji to Slightly Stupid to Sublime to, you know, Pepper and, you know, everything in between and Lucky Duvet and, you know, it's, you know, I had this whole thing called Marley Memories and it was, uh, I did it at eight o'clock, eight to eight thirty. It was all Bob Marley songs. It was, uh, uh, Marley Memories, all the, all the Marley, all the Marley tunes rolled up in one fat joint or something like that. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I fell in love with it and left Guam and came back to, uh, California and, uh, Really just kind of jumped head first into, uh, producing events and tours and, and, you know, doing, uh, other things to kind of keep building the companies. And, and, uh, yeah, just like I said, I just, you know, I'm fortunate that I, I love what I do. I love this industry. I love events. I love the music that we produce. Um, you know, over the years, we've obviously expanded to other different, you know, other genres of music. But, uh, my main passion has always been reggae and reggae rock and, and, you know, the, the the hip hop and, you know, influence stuff. And so. You know it's uh like I said, I get to wake up uh, every day uh well it's last year, I haven't woken up and done one show, but um <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but uh but you know for the most part it's it's been a it's been a great ride and and uh I feel really optimistic about the future, you know
2: that's wonderful. I do think that your passion for it is what makes you so successful with it because you can see i mean it's super clear just talking to you how much you love what you do. And I think that makes a big difference. So, okay. So you grew up in Hawaii. Is that correct? Yep. On Oahu?
3: Yeah. Whereabouts? Yep. Whereabouts? Uh, At the beach. Okay. beach. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I, gra- I graduated from Campbell High School in 1995 and, uh, moved, uh, moved to the mainland to play football. And, um, you know, yeah. And that's kind of where everything ended up. And I, you know, got, got natural vibes and did that whole thing and didn't do much football anymore. And, uh, you know, did a, did, you know, did music.
2: <laughs> nice do you still have family in oahu um
3: uh, my my parents uh recently they moved probably like two or three years ago so um so i don't have any like you know blood relatives there but i have you know lots of you know friends and and of course uh, people that i grew up with and and you know hawaii's been a huge influence in in kind of you know the direction that i took and you know my love for reggae and and you know, I was, you know, I I brought Revolution there first. I brought Soja there first, and so was like, you know, wow. we did a lot of sh- we did a lot of shows in Hawaii until I I realized that, uh, you know, you make money on Oahu and then you lose it on the neighbor islands, you know, because it was just it was so hard to yeah. get from island to island. And you know, kind of midway through our our uh, our time of doing shows in Hawaii, which was like 2002 to 2005, they started adding baggage fees. And you know, as you know, it's like you know band traveling with you know, I'm bringing, you know, a you know, a, a nine piece band that has keyboards oh, and gosh. and all of a sudden like all of a sudden these baggage fees are adding up to like a thousand dollars per tr you know, per leg of the trip and uh
0: Yeah.
3: And it was, it was hard. And like Aloha Airlines went out of business and there's airline yeah, TWA, a, 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 ATA that went out of business. Mm-hmm. All, all of a sudden I just had, I just had Hawaiian Air. And, uh, and so prices went up and, and we stopped doing shows in Hawaii, unfortunately. But, um, uh, no. you know, yeah, but it's, uh, you know, we, I always tell Amy, it's like, gosh, I, I you know, if we could just do, you know, two shows a year on Oahu and like go in, mm-hmm. make some money, go on vacation and, uh, you know, and yeah, good, it's a good so. deal.
2: Yeah. yeah. So for those yeah. who don't know, Amy is your lovely wife, who I adore. Yeah. I've had the pleasure of working with her when we, uh, when the No Family Foundation took part in Cali Roots in 2019. Yeah. And I just fell in love with her. She's just wonderful. Yeah, good choice there. she's
3: awesome. There. She, she sends her love. And, uh, yeah, she sends her love and, and, uh, you know, my daughter McKenna is going to be, uh, she's five and a half and she'll, oh my. she, she turned six in June and, uh, I, you know, it's a little off topic, but I, you know, one of the things that, uh, I tell everybody now, it's like, gosh, the last Cali Roots she was at, which was, you know, 2019, um, to the next Cali Roots, she's going to be almost seven. She, I mean, she was four at the last one. Wow. She, not, you know, say it's, like, it's like, it's three years between, The last band that played Cali Ridge to the first band that plays in 2022. Yeah, that's crazy. I know, I know. When you put it in perspective of yeah, when you put it in perspective of your child's age, it's like, oh my god. Mm -hmm. So and she, I mean, kind of almost six, you know, going on 14. So. Wow. wow i know that how about yeah. a shout out a shout out to natty vibes wow that was awesome
1: hearing that that you worked with them uh anyone who's listening if you guys haven't checked out natural vibrations you, you need to after this podcast is over of course look them up and uh and check out some of their stuff that's uh that's really cool i don't i don't know if I've ever had a conversation with anyone about it and that's how you got your start in the business. It's amazing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, those guys were, I mean, they were playing like graduation parties and stuff in Hawaii when I was growing up. Um, And I remember seeing them in like some backyard parties and, and, you know, I, you know, and I, and we just bonded really, you know, we just bonded and uh, I, I've been working with them, you know, for a long, ever since then, you know? And so, you know, we still do some work here and there together and they, I think they got the whole band back together now, Penny's back. And so, it's uh they're uh they're good guys and uh i think uh i always kind of joke i think they kind of hit i think they kind of hit like five years before like this whole like american reggae kind of scene kind of really took off to where it's at now you know because i mean their their sound and their show was just it was it was it's it is so good you know so um and uh they're kind of like the ogs in the game now yeah, you can tell I've been in some rabbit holes in YouTube yeah. looking up different different reggae
1: rack and that's uh that's how I came about them across them uh I don't know, maybe 3 or 4 years ago I started finding some old videos and you know there wasn't enough views on them for how good they yeah. are. So
3: just yeah. uh, just amazing that that you know that's how you got your start. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, YouTube's funny like that. I come across videos. I'm like, really? Why does this only have 733 likes? And who's the one person that disliked this? Like, <laughs> right. Who is this one person?
2: <laughs> I think it's the same person that just goes around disliking I, everything.
3: <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I constantly wonder, like, wow, like there's like 20,000, you know, positive likes on this, and there's one, one dislike. Huh? Interesting. But you know, everybody, that's yeah. that's a, that's the a beautiful thing about music. You know, so it's all
2: exactly. All it's art
3: subjective yeah, that's for
2: sure yeah yeah, yeah. Well, we we have a bunch of family over in hawaii that have been there since the 40s so for 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 my family hawaii has always been like a second home because like the largest concentration of of our relatives in one area is all over there in hawaii
3: that's wow. nice yeah yeah which which island
2: oahu yeah nice. mostly oahu yeah. and then um I, my favorite place on the planet is the north shore of Kauai, which oh. is yeah just a beautiful, magical place, but yeah. okay. So then, so raised in Oahu, and then you, did you end up over in Guam because of the, the DJ opportunity or were you there and then the opportunity came up?
3: They brought me out there for the DJ, the, for the DJ opportunity. Um, and cause I had a friend, you know, in, in Guam, there's like uh, there's, you know, two families that owned you know, most of the Island. And I had a friend that his family owned, the radio station, the TV stations. And he's like, Hey, you know, we're starting this new station. And, and, you know, and, you know, I was, you know, I was what, 20, you know, 23 at the time, I think 24. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, I needed a change of scenery, just kind of, you know, just kind of needed that, that, you know, that change, you know, which I think, you know, is so good for, for us to have. And sure, uh I took the opportunity and I was there almost two years. I left right after, you know, thing about guam is like there's these massive typhoons that come through and uh right um, not not so much in the last uh five years but you know i was in two i was in two typhoons and a 7.8 earthquake because it sits right on the the plate right on the mariana trench and so like yeah i can so like it's very you know it definitely you know this earthquake was massive and uh but these, these typhoons, I was in this one called Super Typhoon Pong Song It was like, it's like a, a Korean word. And, uh, it was like 220, 220 mile an hour sustained winds, like 240 <gasps> miles dust. No, the thing was this no. thing was massive. And like the, the house I was in, like was right on the high wall. And so. You know, the, you know, everybody knows that's anybody that knows storms, like the eye wall is like, yeah, that's vicious. It's like, it's like, that's the strongest wind. Oh. And then the, eye, then the eye will pass over, and then it's like this super calm, eerie feeling. And then the wind comes back and it starts going the other way. Um, and so we just got, I mean, wow. the, you know, the, the village I was in has got wrecked. And I was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm ready to go now. I'm ready to go. And so, uh, yeah, I'm done. I went back to, I went back to Hawaii and lived with my parents for a few months and, uh, then, uh, moved to California with the intention of, uh, you know, starting, uh, uh, my first company was Good Vibes Entertainment. Um, and, uh, yeah, started that. And that was started in
2: going, Northern California, right? Why that was it Northern
3: California? Um, I had friends and I mean, that's kind of where I went after, uh, after college. You I know, went to, you know, the Bay Area and then I had friends that were uh, in Santa Cruz and the Monterey area. And, uh, I went to go live with them and, um, yeah, that's how I ended up here, and uh, now nice. you know, we live. Yeah, we live in Monterey. You know, so it's a uh,
2: yeah, beautiful, laid yeah. back vibe there. Probably very it is.
3: Yeah. It is. It is, and so is you know, so is the house prices. Same, you know, very similar. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> so you felt right at home. I'm sure. I felt sure. right at home.
3: I felt right at home. Yeah. yeah so that's so.
2: where you started Good Vibes Entertainment, and that's when you started booking shows and tours, starting with the yep. Hawaiian reggae bands. Yeah.
3: Yep. Yep. Starting with the Hawaii reggae bands. And then, uh, I started moving to some of the roots reggae artists. And so I did the band Midnight. I probably did them, you know, 30 times over a five year period. Um, and yeah, just, you know, started doing a lot of the roots stuff because no one was doing it in the area. So it was easy for me to kind of push my way in because, you know, it's like in the, you know, in the, you know, the, in music business it's you know it's like it's hard to like go into a market like santa cruz which was a very established market and get some of the acts that you know i wanted to get because they were playing the catalyst or they were playing lucaville um you know they're playing you know those venues like so i i had to do all my shows at the vets hall uh, which is this you know really cool 550 cap um venue in santa cruz that, uh, you know, I know alcohol, but it was like, you know, it was, it was, you know, was smoke friendly. And so it's like, so the roots reggae shows did really well there. And, uh, so we did a bunch of those, did a bunch of Anthony B shows and Barrington Levy shows, um, you know, the Mighty Diamonds and the Itals. And, and, uh, and then I started working with, uh, Moss Jacobs, um, you know, who, uh, who did, uh, Bob Marley days in San Diego and Long Beach and, uh, and, um, and now he's, you know, he's with you Nederlander know, and now he's with Golden Voice, but uh, we started doing a, a, an event called Santa Cruz Days, which was kind of the spinoff of the Bob Marley Days down South. And so they would do, you know, they would do uh, Long Beach, President's Day weekend, and then San Diego would be President's Day. And then that following week, that package would work its way up North. And then we would do Thursday or Friday in Santa Cruz. And then Sunday it would go play the Bill Graham Civic or... Um, uh, Kaiser, um, you know, the Oakland venue. And so, and so we did that for a few years. And, uh, and then, you know, those, those kind of went away. And, uh, we just, you know, started doing shows in Hawaii and, and, uh, booking, uh, you know, booking various venues through the, you know, through the West Coast.
2: Hmm. And then how did you get involved with Cali Roots? That was in the third year of it, right? That you started? Correct.
3: Yeah. Correct. I came on in the third year. And so my partner, um, who who founded it, uh, Jeff Monzer, he, uh, he founded it. Um, and, you know, he kind of grew a lot in the first two years in the first year was like 1700 people. And second year was like 2,500 people. Um, and then the third year, you know, he realized that he needed, uh, you know, he needed uh, some help uh, to kind of keep growing it. Um, and so he, you know, he approached me about it and about partnering with him on it. And, I came on, booked the talent that year, um, brought my team on to kind of run the operations, you know, switch the ticketing up, kind of like turned it into, you know, because, it, you know, it was you know, he was like still using a platform where he, you know, the same kind of platform where you sell T-shirts. He was selling tickets through and he was mailing hard tickets. And, and so we kind of got a ticketing deal to kind of help streamline that whole thing and, you know, up the marketing. And next thing you know, we did. I think that third year we did 7,500 people a day. Uh, we had Pepper headlining one wow. night and Soja so headlining the other night. And that was kind of, that was kind of it. And and year four, we sold out two months in advance. Wow! Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, that was, that was huge. And then year three, we moved into where, you know, into the current venue that we're in now, um, which we call the bowl as our main stage. And, we were there and we sold that out, you know, we sold that out like three weeks in advance and, you know, that was at 12, 13,000 a day. And yeah. And then we just kind of kept moving, moving forward. And, you know, it's been, you know, we've been around those numbers every year. Um, You know, we had one year where our numbers are down a little bit, but you know, I think, I, I strongly believe that festivals, you know, they go through cycles. You know, I don't, I think you have to, I really think you have to rotate um like if you had a, you know 90 percent of your ticket buyers every single year buying tickets every single year the healthier a festival you know that you there's a problem there because you know it's like you don't have the new people and then you know people get older they have kids they have jobs that don't allow it they've grown out of the music they've grown out of festivals mm, and yeah. so you know, we really put a lot a lot of effort into marketing and, and and getting people in so we're like you know our ratio is you know we try to get like 60% return, 40% new every year. So you constantly have a fresh batch of people that, you know, fall in love with the festival and, and you know, want to come every year. So
2: That's wonderful. Well, I can say from personal experience, you guys do a phenomenal job. I had um, always wanted to go with my kids, but they both were volleyball players and there was always a tournament that weekend on Memorial day weekend. And um, so anyway, we were finally fortunate enough to be able to tie in as the Knoll family foundation in 2019, as I mentioned, and I was blown away. I mean, it was just such a beautiful atmosphere and a great vibe and everyone was just so great to work with. It was, it was wonderful. And we were really looking forward to it last year. I was heartbroken when it got canceled. How has that been just adjusting to this whole COVID and having to shut down a festival like that two years in a row now?
3: Um, it's, uh, some days are better than others. Um, you know, when it, when it first, you know, when it first started happening, you know, I can, I remember everything super vividly because it's, you know, it's not just the festival. It's, it's our entire, it's our entire business, all the venues, all of our independent you know, our amphitheater shows, everything. And so I, I was having these conversations in, you know, late January. I was having conversations. I, I do, a, I try to do four or five mile walk every morning. Um, it's gotten less over the last few months, but at that time, I was going you know four or five four or five miles every morning and my entire my entire walk I was on the phone with managers, agents, colleagues, and we were all talking about covid and how is this going to affect us um because like we kind of you know you, you mean if you do any you know you know it's like we weren't putting our heads in the sand like we knew this thing was coming you know we didn't know it was going to be you know how it's you know how long it's been and the effect that it's had but you know we saw this thing coming and you know we kept on having conversations and uh you know i remember you know i remember the day you know march 13th you know we you know we got the shutdown you know we had a show um, at the Fremont that night that I had to call our house manager and like, you gotta, you know, you gotta shut this down and we, you know, we can't do it. You know, states being shut down. Um, and then, uh, we went and, uh, kind of thought about the festival. And for me, it's been a really, I've, I've, I have felt it's very important to, um, the way we put out the word. And so the first, our first postponement, because we've done this, you know, three times now um mm. our first our first postponement we uh i did this video and you know kind of just reached out to the people directly on on kind of a human to human level um instead of just you know just a email and a, and a social media right. post because um, we were all going through it we're all still going through it you know and so right. i think i think i thought it was you know i think it's very important that uh, we all understand that and and, you know, and so you know we put out this messaging and we had the lineup you know, know. fortunately, you know, all the bands like we have, you know, great relationships with the bands and the agents and, you know, everybody involved. So we were able to move a hundred percent of the lineup, you know, to October. And, um, you know, then we were like, all right, you know, like let's kind of keep moving forward. And we did, we were doing a bunch of streaming and, you know, we really, you know, me and Amy really pivoted to the brand, which is our merchandise, which is, you know, everything from clothing to candles to, you know, to stickers. And like, we really pivoted to that. And fortunately, you know, like the brand is strong, strong enough to carry, you know, to carry a brand like that. And so we were able to generate, you know, revenue for that, but also stay relevant. You know, I think uh, that's always been my biggest fear, you know, during this is, like I said earlier, having three years between festivals you really have to work to stay relevant and you really have to work to like engage your fans and give your fans content. That's not right. selling tickets. That's not mm. pushing, not pushing something that like they can't do right now. Um, and so, you know, so it, it was, it was hard. You know, I mean, I, I think, you know, the silver lining um, out of it right now is the, the time that uh, you know, I've been able to spend with my daughter, you know, and like it's you know, any other any other summer, I would have been, you know, I would have been traveling, you know, because you know, you know, I helped produce Levitate on the East Coast. I would have been out there for three weeks. I would have been, you know, we have, you know, Avala Beach, which is, you know, where we do our outdoor shows. We have, you know, five or six of those, you know, from, you know, from May to October, you know, and and plus, you know, just kind of, you know, going to shows and hanging out with friends and, you know, doing what you do, you know, and. To not have that and have this shutdown, I, I've had the, the time I've spent with her. Is just, it's priceless, you know. And I, uh which kind of has made me kind of rethink our approach to you know what we're doing, you know. And you know, sure. maybe we don't. Maybe I don't need to be traveling all over the place to do shows. Maybe we just focus on Monterey, Avila, and San Luis Obispo, and we're good. And we just mm. we don't have to expand into other markets. We don't have to you know cuz like you know sp- you know spending time with family it's it's you know it's so valuable and uh you know i and it was it's been it, that part's been great you know um like i said you know definitely some days are harder than others some days it's like not recently cuz i i feel there's like a light at the end of the tunnel like we still have a long road to get to that light but uh I feel like we're getting closer, you know, with the vaccines and cases going down and just kind of, uh, you know, just a better direction that we're going in. Uh, but for a while there, I'm like, Oh my God, are like events ever going to come back? Like, you know, we put all this work into building our, our event business and, you know, like, what am I going to do now? Like, I mean, you know, it's like, I'm going to have to, I'm like, do I have to, do I got to go work somewhere? Like, what am I going to do? You know? It's mm-hmm. like, and, you know, and so, I mean, you know, I like said, you know, and then there's, and I'm like, no, no, you like, regardless, like we're entrepreneurs. Like, you know, like we, we hustle and we, you know, we grind and we build things. Like we can, we can build something else, you know, but, uh, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, you have so much passion, so much love for what you do. It's like, I, you can't imagine doing something else, you know, but, uh, yeah, yeah. so it's, it's been, uh, it's been good. It's been challenging and, uh, it's also been, you know, it's also been eye opening to a lot of other things. And, you know, we're sure. also able to develop our other parts of our business. And so hopefully when we do come back, like our brand business is, you know, is, is much stronger and it can stand on its own too. And, and we don't have to, you know, it can be, you know, it can do its thing and generate revenue and generate, uh, you know, just cool stuff. So, um, yeah, so it's been, like I said, it's been a mixed bag. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. So you guys have done some live streams, right? Yep.
3: Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep. And we're going to do another one. Uh, I'm planning another one for, uh, for the weekend of Cali roots this year. Um, which
2: Wonderful.
3: I really hope is our last one because, uh, you know, the live yeah. streams are cool. The live streams are cool, but it's, uh, it's, and nothing beats being in person, you know?
2: Right. Right. That's for sure. Well, Cali roots has always held a special place to my heart because it happens on Memorial day weekend, which is typically when we celebrate the anniversary of Brad's death, but yeah. he died on March 25th, which was Memorial day weekend that year. I'm sorry, May. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> he died on May 25th, which was Memorial Day weekend that year. And, uh, so every year when Cali Roots comes around, that's always right around that time. And when we were there uh, representing the Knoll Family Foundation in 2019, it happened that exact weekend. So that was, yep. that was a really cool thing for, for our family to be able to be there and, um, yeah, that was just a, a really neat time. And then Arizona Roots, which you guys also do, happens on the yep. weekend of his birthday.
3: So yep.
2: I appreciate that we've got all those days covered <laughs> and it, it keeps me busy and focused on other things.
3: Which yeah. I enjoy. Yeah. It was it was so great seeing you guys out there and meeting your dad and and uh, that was that was awesome. That was uh that was our last show. That was like that was yeah. the last show I produced was Arizona Roots. It was yeah. muddy and uh, it was
2: uh. It was wet.
3: Yeah, from a <laughs> uh, from a, a logistical and, and financial standpoint, it wasn't that great. But uh, yeah, it was when you, crazy. When I, when I look back at it, I was like, wow, that was the last show, and my dad was at that show, and. You know, and so it was it was you know it was got it like it rained. it like rained the most it did in Phoenix, Arizona in one day that in in, in fifty years it was crazy yeah, like, it like was record breaking inches. yeah, thirteen inches yeah. in four hours, like what is going on what's yeah. happening? it was
2: an insane amount of water. I'm not gonna yeah. lie, it was crazy. we were just looking like you've got to be kidding in the, you know it was all dirt, and yeah. so I remember we went to where our our booth was that Saturday morning. And it was just, it was just a huge mud puddle. <laughs> yep. I can't imagine what that must've been for you guys having to deal with all that, but you know, everyone yeah. made the best of it and it still was a great weekend.
3: Yeah. I would, I would, I would take that right now. I would, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I, I always, I always joke as I could, like, I would take, I would take one of these bad crazy <sighs> guest lists or their crazy yeah. riders. I'll <laughs> take it all right now. And then, and then someone reminds me, well, you know, I'll remember this when, uh, when we come back. I'm like, <laughs> eh, you know, I'm joking. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Never so.
2: mind. Never <laughs> mind. So how did you connect with Avala Beach art? Because I know that summer series has just been phenomenal the last, I don't know, seven or eight years. It's, how long has that been going on?
3: Um, uh, well, so it, you know, I've been involved for, I think this is going to be my eighth season. Um, yeah eighth season and uh i have uh or ninth season i think it's ninth season um and uh so bruce howard who's the 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 main promoter there he was kind of like a mentor to me when i was when i was younger kind of coming up in in the music industry um and he's a he's a san luis obispo promoter um and we're actually partners on a on a, uh, on a couple other ventures um but he's uh yeah, he was, you know, he brought me into it. And so you know, I had the, like I said, I had the relationships with, you know, the, the slightly stupids and the revolutions and the Damien Marleys. And so that was kind of my, my, my in there. It's like, all right, well, we'll, you know, we'll bring in these bands. Um, they love the venue, you know, the backdrops, you know, the ocean and, and, you know, it's so it doesn't get much better yes. than that. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so we, uh, yeah. So we started doing shows there. And, you know, like I so said, we've expanded. Like I'm doing a lot of country shows there now. Like, yeah, you know, I probably have, when we get back to it, you know, we probably have five country shows lined up in the next, you know, once we open back up. Um, we did, uh, you know, we did social distortions there, you know, social distortion. Mike Ness, I can remember, I can remember backstage all of a sudden, like, who is that swimming in the lagoon behind stage? And there's Mike Ness swimming in the backstage. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you know, well, actually, who actually I randomly I just introduced my daughter to today because she was, you know, she was like, I want to listen to like something a little bit more with Edge. I'm like, all right, let's put some social media oh, on, you know. So,
2: nice. Yeah, Good choice. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. So she was she was rocking out to that. And and uh, we did uh, we did a Foggy Molly Dropkick Murphy show there that uh, was oh wow, so fun. And uh, yeah, so we Abel has been great to us. You know, that's one of those shows where majority of the time, like we take, uh, you know, me, Amy and McKenna go down we rent a little, you know, a little Airbnb across the street and then we stay there, you know, we stay, you know, two or three days after the show. Um, you know, so, you know, like that's one of the things that I want my daughter to kind of grow up going to that and, and being, a, you know, being, and being around that. I think that's all, you know, the other thing that I've missed so much about going shows is, you know, the family vibe and my daughter growing up there and my daughter being in the production office and me and Amy working side by side on something and I think, you know, yeah. those are the things that uh you know, you know, that we miss a lot uh, definitely last year. So
2: It's cool that you can make it a family thing. I know Amy's yeah. the operations manager for Kelly Roots, is that right?
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. She's operations nice. and she operations manager and she my manager keeps me in line, so <laughs> well, it brings, brings me back to earth when I want to do something crazy, so it's um, good for her it can 't yeah. be an easy job <laughs> no no it's not it's not good uh, for her uh, uh, another oh, thing that... <laughs> go ahead, oh no, go ahead, no, no no, I was just gonna I was just going to say it's like she always she always reminds me don't you like you remember you said you didn't want to put that in the budget and, like. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't. You know, well, tickets are selling well. Ah, You know, you you said you don't want to put down the budget. Like, you're right. You're right. All right, we won't do that. Yeah,
2: keeps your feet (laughs) on the ground. Yeah.
3: Yeah, got it. Someone's got it. (laughs) Another thing that can't be an easy job is
1: getting these lineups set up. I know that every year as fans, we wait for the Cali roots lineup to come. And it's almost like when the coach posts the lists on the locker room wall of who made the team, you know, you're (laughs) going through making Sheen. Oh yes. Yeah. I I
0: mean,
1: how difficult is it at this point that Cali roots has become such a big deal to these bands that sometimes you probably have to leave people out that you,
3: you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's definitely, uh, that's a definitely a common thing that we, uh, unfortunately have to deal with at times. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's, you know, building the lineup has, is definitely, uh, one of the funnest parts of it you know i have this giant whiteboard and i have this you know i kind of like kind of place everything and you know for me i feel i feel it's really important like the days matter like who's what who's playing with each other on the days you know because then you can look at different collaborations you can look at how does it flow it's like making a mixtape you know and mm. you know it's like those old school mixtapes where you like you know you put the little you put the tissue in the holes and like so you can record over it you know and like and like you're making you're making these mixtapes, you know, and uh,
2: okay, not so old school. Thank you very much.
3: <laughs> it's funny you
1: say that, though, because I was thinking I'm like, man, he's putting together these festivals. He's probably sitting at home right now coming up with the coolest fucking playlists in the world. Just yeah. booking his own festivals. Yeah, um, I'm yeah. sure.
3: So I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's. And so I uh, we put it we put it all together and uh you know and then we just start sending out offers and and the good thing is for cali roots you know the fact that we're earlier in the season you know being over memorial day weekend like most of these bands have turned it into a one-off you know so a lot of them are either flying in or they're renting the bus for the weekend or they're coming in 17 suvs um and uh, wow you know i mean it's yeah some of the some of it's crazy but uh you know and you know no, we just kind of you know a lot of times we there's a bunch of bands that have been elusive that i've not been able to get which um i just you know i, I like fat freddy's drop out of new zealand is one of the bands i've been trying to get for years and uh, i just can't i can't get it either my offer's not enough or they just don't want to travel to the u.s which you know i mean mm. you, can, you do great business in the in europe and and new zealand and you know why? You know sometimes the U.S. isn't the biggest market. You know, so sure. Um, you know, Manu Chao is another one that I would I would love to book. Oh yeah, and, so, and uh, we've actually put offers in for him, and he just he just doesn't work right now. You know? And so, um, you know, there's definitely a couple acts I would love to get. Um, and uh, you know, this year I'm like you know excited that uh, you know we have Jimmy Cliff. You know. Um, and, you know, we got Ice Cube on it this year, you know, which I, I, I felt like Damien Ice Cube kind of went, went really well together, you know, um, yeah, you know, kind of like that urban kind of that urban trip. And so, you know, I think it's, you know, it's kind of this combination of how you kind of piece it together, you know, and. You know, one of my least favorite parts about it all is is the billing, uh, which uh, uh, if I have any of my manager friends or agent friends listening, I, I you know they'll probably call me and give me shit about. It. Oh, I'm sorry, um, give, me a, <laughs> give me give me a hard time about it. But uh, no, you uh, can say shit. Okay, I can say shit. Great, thank you. Um, <laughs> I said fuck. No, damn shit. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, guys are awesome um but no you know it's like you know the billing part is one of the hardest parts you know um it's like everybody wants to be billed above another and i have i have little i have literally have managers that will get out they'll print out the poster and they'll get their they'll get their ruler out and they'll measure it you know like they measure the name make sure it's the same size as the other band and and uh it's yeah it's pretty it's pretty common it's it's comical but uh it definitely, uh, there's a, there's a few weeks there when I'm dealing with the billing that uh, definitely drives me crazy, you know? So mm,
2: I'm sure now all the, the acts that you had planned for this year, were you able to secure them all for next year or is it going to be different?
3: Uh, most of them, we, uh, we had to replace one of our headliners. So, uh, stick figure couldn't, um, for, he couldn't, uh, he couldn't do it this, uh, for next year. Um, we, had a, we had another engagement, um, mm. you know, wedding or something to go to, but, um, so we replaced, they were going to replace it with, uh, with another act, uh, which we'll be announcing in probably three weeks. Um, and, um, you know, Jimmy Cliff, he's on it, but we were not able to announce it yet. So, um, so, but most of other than that, and we added a Thursday, which we have, uh, you know, dirty heads are headlining on Thursday and, uh, we have you know we have a couple other acts in there as well um and so we added the thursday to make it a 4 day festival why not you know so yeah um you know
2: <laughs> that'll be interesting so this will be yeah. the first time right
3: yeah it's be the first time it's 4 days and uh you know we you know I, my original plan when i added it was because you know i wanted to give the fans that held on to their tickets the first time i wanted to give them hey You know, here's, you know, we're going to give you the Thursday for free, you know, and it's now a four day ticket that you have. And so that's kind of how that's what it turned into. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm extremely confident, um, that once things open back up and festivals are happening again, that we'll see record sales at these, at these events. Um, I mean, it's just people are, there's a pent up demand. Um, people, I think. there's like an appreciate much more of an appreciation i think a lot of people appreciated it but i think even now it's just like god like you know at at any given moment like i mean live music was taken from us you know and it's just like i mean it's which is crazy like none of us thought that what what we're going through right now could happen i mean there was you know scientists and stuff that probably thought it but uh you know, there's uh, you know, for the most part, we didn't, I mean, I didn't think our industry would just become to a screeching halt, you know, like literally in a day our, our industry was shut down. So, Nuts. um, you know, and so I think there's going to be this whole pent up demand, um, I think, you know, I was talking to somebody about this today. It's like a lot of us are going to have to, you know, like we're all going to have a little rust. You know, we're going to have to knock the rust off. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, And like there's, there's going to be a couple like, you know, mistakes that we make uh, out of the gate because, damn, well, I haven't done this in a year. You know, it's like, all right. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like when you don't ride a bike for a year, you know, it's like you can still ride it, but it's like you're a little shaky. I'm like, all right. Let sure. Me, let me get back on this. And, and, uh, you know, I think even the bands like, I was, I was, I was joking. It's like, I think, like, rehearsal space right now is going to be in super high demand because, like, all these bands who haven't played in a year, let alone seen each other in a year, will have to, like, get back to playing live. And, like, you're going to have to, like, get your show back. You're going to have to get your chemistry grooving again. And you're going to have to, like, get all that stuff going again, you know? Um And, yeah. it's, you know, so a lot of – it's uh, it's going to be an interesting time ahead of us. I mean, we've lived through an interesting time, but I think yeah. – uh,
2: that's interesting, for sure.
3: More interesting times ahead.
2: It's got to be a lot of pressure to have to make that call about whether or not to have a show. I mean, like, after, it's you know, it's been a year. Everyone's getting a little tired of the whole shutdown thing. Um, where I live in Southern California, we're still on, you know, a whatever this level, I don't know, purple tier or something like that, because so many of the the hospitals are full. But yet when I was driving home from work today, there were, you know, kids playing soccer in the park and, you know, clearly team sports that are starting to engage. How do you make that decision? Like at what point do you decide to open everything up or I mean, are you just going strictly based on what the state will allow or what do you, what do, you do to decide that?
3: Um, so this last time when we decided to just push an entire year, there's multiple factors that came into play. And I made this decision probably in December. I just didn't want to roll it out during the holidays and just, you know, I wanted to wait until the new year. But, you know, for me, there's multiple factors. And I think, you know, I'm also I'm, I'm a, I'm a I'm more realistic than others i think i think some people are a little delusional and how quick we're going to come back um i think you you know it's like the reality of it is like we're going to be you know covid's going to be with us you know forever it's like it's just a matter we to be living with it like we live with the flu you know and right um you know and and so things even though things are getting better and the vaccines are rolling out, you know quickly and you know p- people you know things are going down like we still have a long road ahead of us and you know, for me, it's like, yeah, I could have maybe moved Cali Ridge to the fall, maybe October, but, you know, like maybe it might not happen again. And then maybe we have to like postpone this one more time. And like, how yeah. many times, how many times can the fans take it till they're like, you know what? Right. I'm over it. That's I'm brutal. Done. Yeah, give me, like, just give me my money back. I'm, I'm tired of this. And like, let's just, you know, like, you know, and, and so we decided not to do that. I also like felt that if fall does open, like, do I want to be a part of the, the experiment of, a, of one of the first festivals to be open? Like, eh, I right. don't think so. Um, nice. and then, you know, if things do open, like the traffic out there is going to be insane. There's so many, I mean, just like on our independent stuff, like our amphitheater stuff, like the veils that everybody wants to try to fit. A year of touring into, you know, into two months, you know, and, uh, which is just, it's going to be crazy. There's going to be so much, you know, so much supply and, and there, hopefully there's, you know, enough demand to go around to, to satisfy, you know, the, you know, the, the guarantees and the stuff that these artists need. But, um, you know, so we, you know, there was multiple factors and I just felt that moving to May of 2022 was, the best decision for us, um, you know, to withstand this, to kind of just focus on producing that event and not, you know, not wake up in the middle of the night thinking about like, Oh my God, like, are we going to have to move this again? Like I am 95% confident that 2022 will happen. You know, I still have to leave a 5% in there cause I don't want to set myself up emotionally. And, and, know, I still have to have a caution. I still have to be cautious because, you know, it's like, I mean, nothing's guaranteed right now, you know, and right. so, you know, and uh, so, yeah, so we made that decision and, you know, I, I, I stand, I stand strong with it. I think it was the right decision. And, um you know, I've talked to a few agents and they were like, you know, we use Cali Roots as an, as an example to other festivals that like, this is probably what you should be doing Um, instead of trying to force something. Cause like, you know, the other thing is like, if we did the festival in October, right. And then. What are, what do we turn around? And, you know, seven months later, we do Cali roots. We do, we do the May one again. Like, it's yeah, just, it's tough. You know, yeah. It's just like, you know, you know what, let's ride it out. It's going to be tight, but, uh, you know, let's do it. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we can get some grant money from the government. Um, you know, there's, uh, the shuttered venues, uh, operational grant, which is, uh, you know, should be a lifesaver for a lot of venues and a lot of independent festivals. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, I'm confident we get some of that and, uh, you know, and and kind of survive. And, but I also feel now that we can, uh, I feel the way things are going, we can actually start marketing too. Like we can start, you know, running digital ads and doing street team and, and doing some of the traditional marketing that we have done because I feel like, before this like we couldn't right it's it's uh it was like uh it wasn't uh it wasn't in good taste to market through you know the height right. of the you know the height of the pandemic and like you know like especially through the you know especially through october november december it just was not the time to like try to sell tickets you know and so um and so like all you know no marketing's happening you know and uh but now I feel like, all right, we can start marketing. We can start selling tickets and, and tickets are selling well for us. I mean, we, we refunded a bunch and then a bunch of people bought tickets, you know? And so wonderful you know, people are, you know, it's like people, like they, we're all tired of it. Like the fatigue, you know, the fatigue of this is, is it's draining, you know, it's mentally draining. So I think people uh having something to look forward to, You know, like your favorite festival, your favorite act, or I'm going to go to the Greek and see, you know, see slightly stupid there or like, you know what I mean? Okay. Whatever. Like it's just, you have something to look forward to, which I think is why a lot of people kept their tickets too. And, and, Mm you know, help, you know, they like supported the festival and like, all right, we got your back. Like, you know, it's like, well, you know, like we're going to, you know, we're going to keep our ticket. You guys keep, you know, keep the tickets and, and they have something to look forward to. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you do have a very loyal following. And I think that that's, you know, just because of years of consistently providing, a great festival experience for so many people. And so I think it's wonderful to see how many people still support that.
3: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And that's, that's, I think, you know, there's other festivals that have you know similar followings, but I think that's definitely one of the things that has, kept us alive and kept us, you know, kept the festival strong is, is the loyal fan base that we have. I mean, the fans, you know, they, they, you know, they, they love Cali roots and, and they have supported it for years and you know, the bands love Cali roots and, and it's just, it's a really good um, synergy that, uh, that we have going. And I think it's uh something that I really do believe that we're going to come out even stronger on this um, when yeah. things do open up, you know?
2: While we're on the topic, if people want to get more information about Cali Roots or grab some merch, where do they go to do that?
3: Um, so the, the main festival site is californiarootsfestival.com. And our brand website is californiarootsbrand.com. Um, and so the brand site has all of our clothing. Um, stickers, candles. Yeah, we have a bunch of we have a bunch of drops coming. Um, yeah, Amy's Amy's been working hard, and a couple of new drops that uh, she's gonna she's gonna have. So wonderful! Um, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. Uh, you know so thank like I said we're thankful for that, but uh, like I said we're we're also like all right like we're, we we want to pivot back to events because that's you know I mean sure. I love going to merch, but like also want to <laughs> I also want yeah. to uh, produce some events here. So
2: yeah, well, fortunately, you guys were already working with some great artists some yeah. great merch companies. So I think that's been a really good, good fit and something, you know, that's allowed you to, to carry you through this time because you already uh-huh. had those relationships established. So Absolutely. that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. We
3: didn't have to, yeah, we didn't have to start from the ground up on that. You know, exactly
2: right. Now, how did you get involved with the Fremont theater in San
3: Luis Obispo? So the Fremont, so Bruce Howard, who, uh, you know, who brought me into Avila, um, you know, he, like I said, we've worked together for years and uh, he, he brought it to me um and said hey you, you want to partner with me on this um, and i mean i love the venue i don't know if you i don't know if you've ever been there but i mean it's just, it's this just really cool old theater it's like 1942 um, oh, so wow. it was was the grand opening um it's got this really cool artwork in it and uh it's a 900 cap room and it's like right in downtown san luis obispo so it's like at, towards the end of Monterey Road, right by the courthouses, um, and it's this really classy venue. I was like, absolutely! And and I I love San Luis Obispo. I think it's uh, I I love the market. Uh, I love the city. You know, Avila's right there. It's just it's just such a good vibe there. And it's got such a young energy because of the, you know the university's there. The school, college, yeah. And, yeah, and it's just got this really cool energy to it. And uh, I was like, absolutely! And it's two hours from you know, I can get there from my house to to the Fremont in like two hours and ten minutes, you know. And so I'm like, Yeah, like let's do it. So so we ended up partnering on that with a few other partners and uh yeah, and then, you know, just kind of Really kind of dived into it, and you know, I've kind of been the 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 man, you know, the operational lead on it, um, managing partner on it, and you know, it's another one that's just like, I mean, it, you know, we went completely dark March thirteenth. You know, that was like that was it, and we haven't been open. You know, we had to lay off all of our staff, and you know, it's like this, yeah, it's just you know those kind of things. It's just like it, you know, it's you work, you know, like I said, you work for years to build something, and then you know, in a matter of you know, you know, matter of a day, it's like completely shut down. So. Um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's the Fremont and, uh, but, you know, we're confident that the Fremont will be able to open, um, you know, in, uh, a reduced capacity, you know, probably, you know, I'd say by the fall. Good. But, uh, yeah. So I feel good about, you know, the San Luis Obispo numbers, <coughs> excuse me, the San Luis Obispo numbers are, you yeah, know, I, I think, uh, you know, they're, they're not, it's not a hotbed. Um, you know, and so I think, uh, the numbers are, are going down there. Um, uh, but, you know. So I mean, yeah, I always joke. I was like, you know, I want these venues to open, but like, I also want schools to open. I want my kid to go to school, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> for many for many different reasons, you know. It's like, sure. I was thinking that know. earlier when you were talking
1: about how great it is spending all this time with your kid, and I'm sitting here like, maybe I'm a horrible <laughs> person because I would do anything for my kids to be back in school full time right now. Oh.
3: No, don't get me um, wrong. I don't get me wrong. Was, <laughs> you know, she, I, I, I uh, you know. It, it has been great, but like, I, uh, I look forward to her. I mean, she was supposed to start kindergarten, you know? And, uh, uh, you know, wow. and, uh, so it's like, you know, it's a big like, thing to miss. I agree. And, and I'm like in my head and I, or I'm talking, talking to Amos. like so that was first grade going to be the new kindergarten because like, right. There's this, whole, there's this whole, like, you know, like leaving the home and like, you know, this whole, like this coming of age thing that kindergarten yeah. provides. And, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, we're, uh, We're we're looking forward to uh, schools opening back up, uh, and uh, so we can. Because like right now, it's like, you know, you know, Amy teaches in the morning. I work, you know, I work until one o'clock, and then Amy goes into the office, and I come home, and and, you know, it's like so we're not, you know, like we're splitting our days um, as best we can, and uh, you know, so so Amy can do her job, and I can do my stuff, but like we're not necessarily in the office at the same time, which, you know, kind of, you know, it's like you want to have that collaborative workspace, Right, which, you know, it's, 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 hard. it's hard sometimes working in the office, you know, by yourself, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: Now, Dan, I got to ask you, you've been doing this for a long time. You've worked with a ton of huge names. You don't have to name the name if you don't want to, but tell me the craziest rider request you can remember in all of your years. <sighs>
3: Craziest rider request. Oh man. You know, I mean, obviously, I see a ton of alcohol on on these, you know, so that the alcohol doesn't phase me anymore. Um, you know, there, uh, we, we, uh, the craziest rider I've actually seen was, uh, Lauren Hill's rider. Um, and, uh, you know, big ups, Miss Hill, because, you know, she's, she's a rock star. But, uh, yeah. you know, at, at one point, the rider that we saw was, she, it was like literally, like vehicles, the type of vehicle you had was divided up on the like was whatever day it was. So like Wednesday is a blacked out SUV. Thursday is a you know, is a thirty three foot long um R V, which we had a Thursday <laughs> show, so I'm like, do we need to get a so are you saying we need a thirty three foot long R V why and why is wow. the size so specific? Yeah, so, <laughs> Why not 34?
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, but
3: yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like the riders, like, like I said, sometimes I get some of the riders are, are pretty excessive on alcohol. Like, really? Like, do you really need seven kegs of beer? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I you know I, I you know I I love the band that request that, and you know fortunately for us, our beer sponsors also love the band, so they uh, they actually <laughs> they actually they actually grant the wish. But uh, nice, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah I'll, I won't say that band, but because uh, then I'll get I'll, I'll get probably someone will call me and say, hey, you talking shit about my band for <laughs> too much? I'm like <laughs> uh, well, they know who they are. They they know exactly. They know Even who say, they are. Nobody they, else knows, but they know. Exactly. They know. Internally, are like, damn it, dude, he's talking about us. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I get yeah, it. Kelly, I got to send Kelly, I
1: got to send her M. She went, I got to pick the green M's out that I have to send to her before the show. And she's so not true. Same, it's the
3: same.
2: He's place, lying. I guess. It's lies. All lies. All lies. Uh, I,
3: mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, some, I mean, some of the Jamaican artists, man, like I saw one Jamaican artist that actually asked for a pound of weed. I'm like, a pound of Weed, like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, and this is, like, I'm like are you, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> wow. So,
1: so before that was like, you know, legal. That you, like, you had a guy, like, uh hey, Jimmy, you got to go out and grab a bunch of weed because the, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. like,
3: the, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, God. we, we had, yeah, we had the guy, we had the guy, so. Um, fortunately, we were going straight to the source. So it was, uh, you know, we, we definitely got uh, much better, uh much better prices. Um, <laughs> you know, that's we, we had to. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, some of the, like, some of the, some of the Jamaican, I'm like, wow, that's, a, that is a lot of weed, you know, so. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Then I mean, you I, see I, them, they I, get
1: up on stage and they're tossing it out. And you're like, I know, I know, I know
3: you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Say <laughs> so, exactly, exactly. I'm like, really? Did he just throw that out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, the thing, the things you have to do, like when we had Jamaican artists that we brought the Hawaii. That I, you know, you know, everybody knows Hawaii. It's like you know, weeds a little bit more expensive out there, um, and uh, so uh, we, we, yeah, we didn't want to buy it there, so we brought it with us. So we had to, uh, we had to do those things. But uh, I, might have just, nice. I might have just, I might have just screwed myself up on that one. <laughs> Someone's gonna be mad has got to be,
2: door. it's got to be a statute of limitations <laughs> or God, something.
3: <laughs> I can tell you that we'll edit
1: it out right now if that makes you feel any better, but Uh, come Wednesday morning. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm fine. This has really been awesome to, to chat with you and hear about all these amazing things that you've done. And from a fan standpoint, I have to tell you that it's the name Cali Roots that, that brings the attention. It it truly is. Now I know you work with a bunch of great artists and a bunch of great bands, but um, you know, I watch the Cali Roots videos on YouTube. Um, I've, you know, I've never been in the area for one of the shows, unfortunately, but I always look for them and look for the streams and go back and watch the videos after. And it doesn't matter who who the bands are. You guys do a, a phenomenal job out there. And uh, um, i don't know anybody that's ever been there and hasn't had a great time so just to hear about how you got all this going and all the things that you've been able to do is uh is amazing man it's it's really awesome
3: thank you i appreciate that and uh you know i i i do feel that uh you know the, the cali roots name is is strong and it, and it can carry and it can carry the festival you know and it can carry the brand um and uh you know i like i said i'm i'm fortunate that uh, i you know this is what I can do, you know? And I, I, I provide um, kind of like this open canvas for fans. Like like we've all, I always say like with the festival, it's like when people come in, it's like, we've provided this canvas for people to create the vibe, but like that vibe is organic, you know, and that energy is organic. And uh, we've been able to provide, you know, you know, fans with, uh, you know, great happiness every year. And, uh, that uh that's that's been the driving force on continuing to do this continuing to grow which is why this you know, last year not having that has definitely uh posed its challenges mentally but
2: <laughs> for sure
3: yeah well, it's cool say, being a
2: part of history
3: yeah
1: yeah they say you're not supposed to pick like a favorite kid right but like i do it's my middle son alex for right. sure um <laughs> so what is uh is there is there a favorite year of cali roots for you
3: um favorite year of Cali Roots. i mean honestly i, I think 2019 this last i mean it, it, you know every year is like i you know it's like not to you know be cliche but every year is you know kind of you know there was one year that wasn't my favorite when you know our numbers were a little down but um this past year i think you know 2019 uh not past year i keep on saying that but uh in 2019 which was our 10th annual and just kind of being there and um just kind of Seeing what we've created and being on stage and looking at that crowd. Um, and it's just, uh, it, it, yeah, that was definitely my, my favorite year. But again, if you asked me, you know, if you asked me before that, I would probably say, Oh, yeah, no, year nine was my favorite, but, um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, you know, it was that in. You no, know, I think year five was another one that stood out for me, um, as one of my favorite years, just because that was our first year in the big arena. Um, and I can remember going on stage at like three o'clock on Friday and it was just packed. I'm like, Oh my God, we did this. Like we did this, you know, and, you know, we like these people are here. Like we provided this. And, and, uh, so that, that was always, that always stood out for me, you know, um, but, uh, you know, my, my next favorite year will be 2022. So. <laughs> Yes, yeah, we're, definitely. All, we're
1: all looking forward to that. Now, Dan, one of the things that I do on the show is um, I always like to put our guests on the spot for a second. So
3: okay.
1: um, if you and I crossed paths and we started talking about music and the band Sublime came up and I picked them, obviously, because of the show. Um, and I said, wow, I'm just not familiar with the band Sublime. And I was going to give you an opportunity to play one song, one Sublime song to catch me. What song would you play? Badfish, Fish.
3: Easily. Nice. Yeah. Quick Bad answer. Fish. I Bad, like that. Right yeah, yeah, no. Bad I Fish. I love that. Bad Fish. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's my jam right there. I still listen nice. to that probably, probably three or four times a week. So. Oh, that's great. I yeah. love that. Yeah. 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 We play it we play on the show a bunch. Yeah. Definitely one of my favorites. It has been for forever. So, yeah. And you said the band
1: that was uh, taken over for Stick Figure was? Uh, you got, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> all right. I had to
3: try. I had to try. No, no, it's that's okay. You I guys, owe it to our listeners. I owe it to our in- listeners. Yeah, they're influenced by, by Sublime, so. Oh well, All right. Ooh, well there you go. There's a clue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that narrows it down.
1: <laughs> well there you go. Uh Dad, this was absolutely awesome. And uh yes. the only the only other thing I can ask for you is that at some point you come back on to chat with us again because uh, I'm sure you're gonna keep promoting awesome shows and uh you know we'd like to
3: have you come on and chat with us and tell some stories and let everyone know what you guys got going on. I would love that. I would love that. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I've been, thank you. I, I've, been, I've been doing more of these podcasts and I absolutely love them. I love, uh, I love talking and uh, you know, talking, you know, like I said, when you're passionate about something, it's so easy to talk about and just kind of flow. Right. And uh, and so thank you guys for, for uh, reaching out and, and uh, having me wow. on. It's been, a, it's it was been my a, pleasure.
2: A real treat for us. Definitely. You guys are doing great work there. Keep it up.
3: Thank you guys. Thank you. Appreciate
1: it. Thank you. Wow. Um, Another awesome conversation from somebody who's done some amazing things. I mean, can you imagine how awesome it must be? And I guess he talks about how tough it is, but how cool must it be when your job is to just watch these awesome concerts all the time?
2: Yeah, that does not suck. Although, honestly, I mean, I'm sure there's a, a whole crazy side of it that balances it out too. You of can tell he is. loves what he does and that's so cool. Yeah, very cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. So uh, Kelly, thank you for, uh, for once again, setting up a, an amazing guest for us. And uh, I know that everybody is going to be looking forward to Cali Roots in 2022. Yes. And Dan had mentioned that Stick Figure is not going to make it and he's going to be replacing them. There's going to be an announcement coming up. So let's have some fun with this, Kelly.
2: I think that's a great idea. So he did say that that announcement will be coming in a few weeks. So I think that, well, I shouldn't say I, because let's face it, it was Anna's idea, our wonderful producer. Anna came up with this great idea that we could do a giveaway. We got some phenomenal products from Humble Collective CBD, one of our sponsors. And I have had the pleasure of trying out some of their stuff and been so thrilled with it. I got some of their roller balls that have CBD oil with different essential oils and, and botanicals and different things in it. And I've been loving them. So I did get some extras and humble collective was nice enough to throw in some extras as well. And we're going to give those away to whoever can come up with the headliner for, or the replacement for stick figure next year at Cali roots.
1: That's awesome. A little contest. So uh, there you guys go. Kelly's got some of those awesome CBD products. You guys want to win a CBD product. All you have to do is send in your guests at who will be the new headliner for that day at Kelly Roots. You can go ahead and uh, find this. We'll, I'll make a post in the Bradley's House group, or you can go ahead and send your guests to our email, Bradley's House Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know who you think the replacement artist will be. Now, if we get a few folks that have the right answer, we'll go ahead and put you guys into one of those uh, uh, random generators and we'll pick a winner out of there. Uh, So go ahead and send over your guests. Let's have a little fun with this and uh, get ready for Cali Roots 2022.
2: I think that sounds great, and I'm so excited for you guys to try these roller balls. The four that I've got: there's one for sleep, there's one for relaxation um, and anxiety, there's one for energy, there's one for headaches. Super awesome little roller ball bottles that you can stick in your bag or stick in your car or wherever you're going to need them. And um, they're just they're phenomenal, and they really do work, really really effective. So I'm excited to give all four of these to whoever comes up with the right answer.
1: Do do I, do I get to play?
2: No, you don't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that was so much fun talking with Dan. He's such a great guy. He and his wife, Amy, just a phenomenal couple, wonderful human beings, and they're doing so much for the music industry. I think we all owe them a big, big thanks for everything that they do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Dan mentioned where to check out all the information on Cali Roots. Um, They've got a lot of uh, cool different streams on their YouTube and they're selling some merch. But if you guys want to pick up some merch to go ahead and help out the show and the Noel Family Foundation – um, there's some shirts that I saw Jen post in the Bradley's house group today. Um, there's some awesome women's shirts. And I guess as we're having this conversation, it's International Women's Day. So uh, you guys have those awesome tank tops. Um, of course, there's hoodies, hats, stickers, uh, guys. Every bit of what you purchase for this merchandise goes directly towards getting Bradley's house up and built. Um, so please go ahead and check out the Knoll Family foundation.org. That's why we're doing this podcast. We come on once a week. We give you guys a little bit of entertainment. We talk to a fun guest and it's all to get Bradley's house up and open and you guys can help. And your support means so much the noelfamilyfoundation.org. And uh, of course, there's also the Venmo and the cash app. Damn it, I always get this wrong, Kelly. So the cash app is money sign Noel family.
2: That's correct.
1: And the Venmo is at
2: noelfoundation. Yes, we just, you know, we really like to keep people on their toes. <laughs> And good. we can't, can't always get an old family everywhere we go. So yeah, right. it's always either one or the other. I don't, apparently there's other people out there that have already taken some of these names, whatever. We're good with it. But yes, Cash App, we're Noel Family. Venmo, we're Noel Foundation. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, we're Noel Family. Facebook, we're Noel Foundation. You can always find us one or the other.
1: Absolutely. And uh, guys, you can also catch us in the Bradley's House group on Facebook. If you're on Facebook and you're listening to this podcast and you're not in that group, get in there. Uh, go ahead and uh, and check out the Bradley's House group. There's always awesome stuff going on in there. Tons of great people, tons of great support. And, Wonderful uh, group. Yeah, it's just a, a really cool group to to be a part of. Now, Kelly, we always like to let our listeners go with a song and i think dan said today that his favorite sublime song was bad fish so yeah what do you think
2: i think we end with with oar's cover of Badfish fish from the house that bradley built
1: available at law-records.com guys thank you so much for hanging out with us again today i'm jared Orr. she is the executive director kelly noel you don't have to go home but it's time to leave bradley's house
0: set free, but I'm a parasite, creep and crawl, I step into the night.